Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. So yesterday was the 16th anniversary of when Crystal and I started dating. And when she was over at her sister's and I figured when she'd get home, I'd make dinner for us and, you know, whatever. 16 chicken nuggets, romantic. Exactly. Yeah, like you got to you gotta stay within your, your limits. Yeah, okay. Uh, a buddy of mine texted me at five o'clock. He had an extra ticket to the Kitchen Rangers teddy bear toss, but I'm like, nope. I'm going to make dinner for Crystal because it's our, like, not our official anniversary anymore, but kind of like unofficial anniversary. So, 16 years is a long time. I figure she deserves at least a meal. And the downside of this is, um, so, I made the food. She wanted to watch the teddy bear toss game and the Rangers. So, we watched that. Saw a teddy bear goal. Really cool. And then, I'm like, what do you want to do now? She's like, well, I'll just turn on the Red Wings game. And then the night went south very fast. So, instead of being at uh, the, the grand point of the story is instead of being at the Rangers teddy bear toss, I had to suffer through that Red Wings game all because Crystal had to put up with me for 16 years. What kind of BS is this? If Crystal was unselfish, she would have broken up with you a long time ago. Right. And now here you are married to her with two kids suffering through Red Wings games. We yeah. really, really are at the hardest point of the season right now, right? I'm so happy my kids don't suck because, man... There's not a lot of not a lot of light in the hockey. Have we used the title days. "Rock Bottomer"? Er, rock yet? or bottom? <laughs> or is it? Are we gonna do rock or bottom or rock bottom er? Rock bottomer sounds like someone who gives you a rock bottom. <laughs> so maybe we have to go rock or bottom. It all sounds kind of sexual. I'm here for it. We can use rockiest bottom at some point too. Yeah, that one will save. Yeah, we'll for the trilogy. We can just call it what it is: the pit of despair. I think we've done that one because you love that title and you've you ask for it probably once a month and I think we've given it to you a couple of times. I was I've got a lot of words we could use for the title because I actually was searching through thesaurus.com there. <laughs> I hope you know I have purchased a thesaurus for you and I will give it to you for Christmas. Yes, my uh, my the two words when reading through uh, terrible, just some other ones that came like that just seemed like they fit were abhorrent and heinous. Abhorrent. The H is silent. Look, you're learning. I'm learning something new. Thanks, Red Wings. <laughs> Trick question. Trick question. Abhorrent right. and heinous. Uh, we are. I know Evan gets on, got on his last episode for tweeting out or reading out our tweets from before, but I am going to repeat this one. A good thing that uh, is coming from the Red Wings being so brutal right now is Brad is bettering himself. His vocabulary is honestly 10 times what it was when we started this podcast. Because all my Twitter feed right now is complaining about how bad the Red Wings are. I have to use different words to say the same thing. Yeah, funny enough, when the Red Wings were still, like, scraping into the playoffs, we can get away with, you know, not changing at all. But then when you're just saying the same thing for probably, what, four straight years now? Yeah, we have to get a little bit creative. Oh, no, this isn't the same thing for four years. This is a whole new level of bad. And to talk all about it today, welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad Crisco. Oh, and I'm Evan. Have you ever thought about going second? No. No. <laughs> I'm not. We're working in a clockwise direction right now. Uh, speaking of. What if we have a different seating arrangement in the new pod loft? We will. No, we won't. We legitimately will. I'll stand where I need to to keep the continuity. My head doesn't turn to the left, Ryan, so you got to keep this in mind. Uh, your head won't have to. Actually, things will be very similar. It, the table will be a different shape. 
Uh, also, keep an eye on our socials because uh, Daniel Rossi, uh, the fine gentleman um, from RNS, sorry, not RNS, um, from the the woodworking. I'm I'm missing his name right now, and I have to find it because it's I'm being really terrible. The it's coming along. The table's coming along. He's sending us more pictures, and it's really great. Um, where is his email address? R D Woodworking. R and D Woodworking. My bad. Uh, we had some renders, which looked phenomenal, and now it's actually being cut out, and it looks even better. Um, we think we're probably going to record there next week. We were going to do Sunday, but Brad is selfishly taking pictures of his new baby. And the lighting is going to come in very handy. Yeah, it will. Uh, on this episode of the Winged Wheel podcast, uh, you know, I was coming into it from last night thinking, man, this episode's going to be a slog because we have nothing but, like, the losses to talk about. And that's just going to be crappy because the losses were, like, just the same old garbage and then well bowie got waved before and then brad has feelings about blash hill um and then cholosky got sent down and then mcelrath got sent down and before that zadina got sent down and then there's news around the league and you know that's enough to probably fill up a whole episode yes before that i just realized it's the holidays it is we are not quite are we going to uh, do – we should do like a formal gift exchange. Are we going to do one person gets – like we each get each other, like both other people something? Or are we each are assigned to one person? I, mean, I don't know anything that you guys like. Yeah. You guys haven't even finished the gift from last year. That's Evans. The coffee? Yeah, I drank. You know Oh, I my God. I forgot that was even here. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I the t- beer is empty. The coffee is full. I took the oh, Advil yeah. to work. The, I, the Advil? Yeah, I yeah. took the Advil tour. And what was the five-hour energy used for? Where did my five-hour energy go? I don't know. Maybe oh, make, I, I think I had it before a podcast. Maybe Mika cranked it. That would explain a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's probably five-year energy for that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe it's something like serving sizes for like a 150-pound man, and like when a 30-pound child takes it, it lasts longer. Five years. Five years. Five-year energy. You're up. Well, I mean, no free ads. uh, We'll send an invoice. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. We're each going to get each other something. Who's getting, who's assigned to whom? To whom is who assigned? I don't know. Why don't the listeners try decide? I don't know. I mean, I just saved Evan like 500 bucks today. That is true. Okay. We'll let the listeners decide. We'll put out tweets asking who should buy. Should it be a poll on each of our Twitter accounts? And then if we have a tie, then you have to take your second option. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. It'll probably all just be from the main account. It's all going to be, you guys have to buy from me, probably. <laughs> and no one's going to vote on mine. <laughs> no, everyone's going to say that you have to buy us stuff. Did you notice the other day you got an influx of people saying, Evan, I'm disappointed? No. God. How do you be, how do you annoy that which does not even pay attention? I, I check. I didn't see anything. Um, I, did, I also don't care. Our listeners failed. So disappointed. Is that your kid crying again? Yeah. Come on, man. He watched the Red Wings game last night, too. Yeah, well. Uh, let's talk about that Red Wings game. No. The, the Red Wings versus the Jets version one. I don't think anyone was anticipating this being phenomenal hockey, but you thought, you know, this is Detroit playing the Jets in Winnipeg. It's Eric Comrie's first game, A, first start as a Red Wing, and B, first time playing Winnipeg since uh, leaving the team. And, you know, the he didn't leave on bad terms. They have only good things to say about him. Paul Maurice said he was like one of the best people he's ever met. So, you know, this was an important game. And they got pumped. 
Well, he was doing really good for about 37 minutes there. Yeah. Before the Red Wings just, you know, forgot to do anything. Well, the Red Wings opened up with a good couple minutes and then Ozzy said, oh, the Red Wings have a good start to this game, out shooting Winnipeg 4-1. to one. I was like, first of all, that's not a good start. That's just the beginning that's of the a, game. That's a, certainly a cherry pick stat. Yeah. 4-1 to one in shots. Secondly, now it's jinxed because like 10 minutes later, the shots were like 22-11. to 11, So You're not a Red Wings goalie if you don't give up five goals. 100%. The Red Wings have given up five goals or more in over half of their games. Like, uh, I actually just sit there and think Think about that for a second. Five. Half. That's insane. They could pitch a shutout every other game this season and still at this pace give up over 400 goals this year. That's not good. Or sorry, 300. Same thing. Still not good. Still terrible. We're only minus 62. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) We're almost double the next person. Uh, Your next team, I should say. If you add the totals of the next two worst goal differentials, Detroit is still uh, two goals behind that pace. Oh, my God. Yes. Yep, 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 yep. LA and New Jersey combined are a negative 60. (laughs) And Detroit's a negative 62 goal differential. Last year when the Red Wings led the league in uh, one goal games. Boy, do I miss that. Even though they lost most of them. Let's talk about uh, that game a little bit, though. Um I just want to go on record as saying, if you spear or stick or slash or whatever a guy in the balls on the ice, th- you're just garbage. That is that just happen? Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Connor did it to Philip Peronik. It is just the shittiest, scummiest move that you can do. Everyone on the ice physically understands the pain of being hit in that part of your body. It is a disgusting, gross, unmatchable amount of pain for any man to endure. And they're out there actively sticking each other in the balls. Don't Stop. worry, he'll get fine. Everything's fine. I, I don't don't even think he'll be fine. Milan Lucic targeted Danny DeKaiser and did it. And didn't he injure Danny DeKaiser with it? He did it to DeKaiser, and before that, he did it to Alexei Emelin twice. Yeah. And they find him. Instead of, you know, it was a targeted attack with an attempt to injure, so they didn't suspend hey, him. Yeah, it's justice, man. Under the rule book, it's justice. I maintain, you know. I'm not going to say I would rather be I would rather that happen to a player or I I would rather a player get hit in the head or than being sticked in the balls but with how intentional and malicious it is I genuinely maintain that anyone who intentionally does that should be shamed for it and made fun of for it for the rest of their careers. You should never be able to let that go. Cuz that is just such a stupid garbage thing to do to another human being. And he wasn't even done there. He tried skating away immediately to while Hironik's still on his knees, grabbed a stick and went, no, you're yeah. not going anywhere. To which Kyle Connor said, okay, I'll just punch you on the face, punch you in the face while you're on your knees. Then eventually Hironik came up and Tyler Bertuzzi came in at a million miles an hour because yeah. of course Bertuzzi did, but he was being restrained by a jet. So he was kind of there and Kyle Connor's like, oh, free shot. And then proceeded to give uh, Bertuzzi a little slap in the face and. In the span of about 10 seconds, Kyle Connor did three things that would violate the uh, air quotations code of the NHL. He did three things that would get him, you know, DQ'd from an MMA fight. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. You know what? I hate saying this because usually the people screaming this in our in our mentions are just like, I don't know. We don't hold a lot of the same opinions. But what's Dylan McElrath for if not to just beat the Isn't shit? Isn't that why we brought him up? Yeah. Larkin had to fight, and then we called Macrath up. 
if you're gonna get let your best defenseman get sticked in the balls and not have Kyle Connor pay for it for the rest of the game, what are you up for? What's going on? Well, that's a Jeff Blashell thing. Well, Blashell yeah. be like you, Macarath. You need to fight someone if you can't fight Kyle Connor. Like I'm, I'm anti fighting. Like everybody knows this, but the next period, I know Kyle Connor had a penalty at least, so he didn't start the period. But the next time Kyle Connor stepped on the ice, he's a left winger. Yes. I'd have had Dylan McGrath lining up at right wing. 100%. And even if he doesn't want to fight, like, I mean, don't Todd Bertuzzi, the guy, piss him off the whole game. Give him some cheap shots. Give him some elbows. Slash his stick out of his hands. Take a couple minor penalties. I don't care. You're not going to win the damn game anyways. It's the Red Wings. It's just like you can't have that. You can't have that happen to Larkin. You can't have that happen to Athens CU. You can't have that happen to Mantha. And you definitely cannot have it happen to your best defensive defenseman and your best offensive defenseman, which just happens to be the same player. If you're not going to build camaraderie by winning games, you may as well build some camaraderie by beating other people up. Oh, man. They came back from a commercial break with like three minutes left in the period, and they just did a slow pan of every player on the bench. And I've never seen a more dejected Red Wings team in my life. I actually, I didn't want to gif it because I was like, this is sad. Bunch of thousand yard stairs. Oh my god! I feel like I had a similar rant about the not standing up for your teammates like a month ago. So this isn't a new. It was problem. definitely the Larkin fight. I, yeah, I that's what it was. No. Oh yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it absolutely was because nobody did anything to Ryan Ellis the rest of the game. So this isn't a new. And problem. he's an easy target too because he's <laughs> out there all the time and he's small. Yeah. <laughs> Tough guy though. I I love I, Ryan Ellis. I mean, still he's got to go him though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So, just oh. one of the many symptoms about how the Detroit Red Wings are broken. Do you guys ever listen to the post-game interviews? No, I've stopped. I listened to one today. Same crap. Just because I, I had to. It's rough. I was like, I've, I don't think I've listened to one all year. And I, it, honest, it was awful. Yeah, they're it rough. It was, I don't even know how I feel about it. It was just awful. You know, post, I, I find out, I have a hard time listening to a lot of those until, unless I want to know about something specific, but just in general as content, I'm just like, I'm not sure what I'm getting here because it's mostly just meaningless platitudes. Well, the NHL has the most boring vanilla interviews of all time. Yeah. So there really is nothing out of those, but it's just, I had to listen just for my own science experiment i'm like people hate on drew doughty for you know talking like basically just saying to about kachuk saying like i don't like the guy he'll never be as good as me like that's as bad as it gets with doughty and everyone's like they hate him and they're just like shut up doughty you're nothing compared to kachuk you're washed blah 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 i'm like that's triggering you oh my god don't watch a post-game interview in the nfl or the oh (laughs) god help you if you ever watch the nba do like, we not want to be entertained? Yeah, man. Entertainers we want more that are just good at sports. Talk more shit about each other. Please, please, anyone. I don't think Jeff Blashill's ever given a different answer in a post-game interview, whether they won 7-1 or lost 7-1. No, it's the same. He just it's basically a- says we need to be better, and everyone just says yes. And then someone's got to earn something and something about pucks in deep, and uh, I just, I can't. I can't anymore. Oh, yeah. He said something today. It was like, or I guess last night, and he's like, oh, we were good for the first, like, two periods. I was like, ah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was only 1-1, like, with four <laughs> minutes left in the second. I mean, you were being outshot 20-7, to seven, but no, you are doing terrific, Jeff. And then he said something like, we've got to find a way to win. I was like, you don't say. Oh, You've okay. lost 12 in a row and a lot have not been close. Yes, yes. Yeah, and this is, you got to you that's your job you have to find a way to win at at this point you have three of your regular top six players healthy so like try shit um the good thing that happened from that game was zadina made a great play to set up christopher freaking end for his first goal yeah if setting up christopher end for a goal isn't the definition of earning it yeah nothing is 
the guy's given a wet noodle and some old paper mache and said, go make a line out of this. And he's been doing it. Um, he's got three points in four games. And just remember, he's never, the only time he got up to the second line was when Athanasiu and Fabry were off of it. Yeah. So no, that, that play was excellent. It was a dump in. It was a creative dumping around. It was a very careful dumping around the two or three players ahead of him hustled to get to the corner out muscled the, the the defender who was there first for the puck won it and sent it out front uh where it took a pretty fortuitous bounce i well, think it was, was kind of like a shot a contested shot we'll call yeah. it to, to ends, steal from basketball yeah ends stick hit the puck at the same time as it was hitting a skate or something and a couple like wax later from end and it was in the net and it was a great play that was all thanks to zadina um and that was in the second period Yes. Um, and it was the best part of the game for the Red Wings, bar none. Yeah. Bar none. That was it. Nothing else happened for them. Uh, the A goal got allowed for the Jets where they whacked Comrie in the head twice with their stick when his arm was covering the puck. Uh, I expect that kind of goal to be allowed more now because of the NHL wanting to count more goals. Um, I think it is pretty pathetic that the Red Wings are going to allow two players to whack at a puck like that and hit their goalie in the face twice. Um, like you said, Eric Comrie, I, I think was good to start and then just fell apart with the rest of the team, but you can't, I don't see how you blame a Red Wings goalie right now. I don't see how you blame him really on any of those goals. It's not like they were, he wasn't phenomenal, but yeah. like, yeah, he, he playing behind that defense. Long story short, Red Wings had maybe 10 combined good minutes. And then after that, well, Blashill's saying they had two good periods. They went like 23 minutes without a shot. They, they did not have good two, two They good had periods. 17 shots total, yeah. despite trailing by a lot for the entirety of the third period. I don't know what he's watching. I don't know. I just, I can't make it. You didn't play a good game if you lose 5-1 and none of them are empty nets. Yes, correct. That is the answer. You have reached a tipping point on Jeff Blashill. My sources have confirmed to me that Brad has reached a tipping point of jump. Yeah, again, I've admittedly always been one of his biggest critics, but, you know, in a lot of what he did, I flat out disagreed with what he was doing, but I could see the logic behind what he was doing. I have nothing anymore. I was I was telling Ryan before we started recording, you ever have that one just like, in the moment, it's not that big a deal, but like in your head, this is the straw that broke the camel's back because it's just such a nonsensical whatever that you can't make sense of it. That happened for me in the game last night. Mm. On top of the Red Wings playing carelessly all year, on top of the Red Wings looking as unmotivated as they've ever been, their special teams being absolutely abhorrent. Nice. There we go. Yeah. Look, their five-on-five play being very heinous. Um, Goaltending being atrocious, but that's not Blashill's. The the tipping point for me was you're losing. they were losing 4-1 going into the third period. So... A comeback, the Red Wings, uh, from three goals down, actually made several times last season. They did it against Chicago. They did it against Philly. So it's not like this game was over. The Red Wings draw a penalty with 30 seconds left in the second period. Okay? This is not an ideal time to start a power play. You've got bad ice in only 30 seconds. But hey, it's almost intermission. He did not throw at the top unit because, God forbid, you over work Larkin and Bertuzzi and Zadina when they're about to get a 20 minute rest, whatever though, maybe they were just on the ice. I honestly don't remember. It's fine. It's only 30 seconds. You've got a minute 30 out of the intermission with fresh ice. This is the time you'll get a good chance to score here. He starts the period with the second unit, which by the way, features Franz Nielsen and Justin Abdelkader. 
I know this isn't a good roster, but I can sure as hell find better options than Franz Nielsen and Justin Ablocator for that power play. He starts the period with them. Okay, I'm going to ask this question honestly because I'm hoping you guys... What? You're trailing by three and you're throwing out arguably the worst power play unit in the entire NHL when you have Larkin, Bertuzzi, Zadina, and the other unit rested. Why? Does Franz Nielsen or Justin Abdelkader have a goal this year? No, they do Nielsen not. has an assist. And Justin Abdelkader has, has two or three assists. Excellent. Has Justin Abdelkader not scored? I don't think so. I thought he has. I don't or maybe he's it. just set up a bunch of people in the slot because he's had a really weird season. He had he start he had a no really goals, good like first yeah. four or five games, and then it's been yeah. typical since zero goals, three assists. Yeah. So um, you have four points combined between two fifths of your power play unit. You want to know the only real answer I can give you right now? And I hate this answer because it's stupid and we're devolving into those, you know, like fringe, only real Red Wings talk accounts with like seven followers and they just scream mildly like offensive. <laughs> like everything is all caps on their Twitter. Yeah. Um, but genuinely, the only real answer I can give you for the, all of this, he's in on the tank. Eisman has come in and said, we are not messing around with what you guys did last year, which essentially lost his Jack Hughes. He's in on the tank. Based on the roster moves today, that's the only explanation I can give. But now here's my follow-up. Because we've seen we've we've talked ad nauseum about the garbage of Philip Zadina playing with two boat anchors on the third line and how that's bad for his development, yada yada yada. We've talked about how dejected Dylan Larkin and Anthony Mantha and Andreas and all the young stars look after all these losses in the post-game interviews, which this is, I guess, where they're relevant. Same with Hirona carrying the entire defense himself. If this is what Iserman's plan is and Blashill's in on it, it's still wrong and stupid because this is hurting player development now. Do you think any of these guys have any dreams of playing for this team long-term right now? No. Do you think any of these players are getting better as players in this situation with everything that's going on right now? Heronic. Is he's the only one. Yeah, yeah he's, been, he's been... Honestly, he, I think he looks better every game. He's getting... Yeah, he's getting more work. But from a mental standpoint, I don't think there's a single benefit coming to this team right now. Which... What what I think is actually happening right now is Steve Eisman doesn't want to intervene in coaching decisions because he's a believer that now again I'm going straight just like speculation because whatever I, he doesn't want to involve himself because he knows that's not fair to the coach. It's you're the coach, this is your team, you do with it as you please. I think he knows that Blashell's doing a piss awful job. And he doesn't hate it because, to your theory, he knows we need to finish dead last in order to get like a superstar in all likelihood. So he's okay with that. It also is backed up by the fact that he's sending everybody who's eligible to go to the minors that is even remotely decent to the minors to get them away from this. Zadina was up to get his cup of tea and get his feet wet in the NHL, mm -hmm. see how he's doing, see how he's progressing, yada, yada, yada. Raspison's down, Svechnikov's down, Sider's down, Valeno's down. All these guys who could be up are in the minors because they, Eisenman doesn't want them being impacted by this culture, this coach, this losing. There's no way, Black. Like, in my mind, I'll be stunned if Blashill's back next year. We just sent everybody down. We, so. sent, we sent Chalosky down. 
Okay, well, if we're diving- I personally blame Patrick Laine for that. Yeah, oh. he did steal <laughs> he, his soul. Yeah, Patrick Laine walked Cholosky all the way to Grand Rapids. That looks like a beer league play. <laughs> that was okay. If we're diving into this right now, we'll do all of it as a whole. First of all, in, in Cholosky's defense, though, it was Patrick Laine. It's not like he got walked by Andrew Kopp. No. Yeah, at first I thought, I was like, God, that's probably Erickson. And then he turned around, I saw it was Cholowski. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. And then he got sent down. I was like, oh, no. You could you could hear the bus starting up in the parking lot to take him straight yeah. to the Griffin. If he had any confidence before that, he certainly didn't have any after. Look, the first time Cholowski got sent down, I think we were all pretty frustrated with it because he was actually playing decent or at least relatively not as bad as everyone else at the time. But with how much this season has just absolutely spiraled and think of that relative to how much we were expecting it to spiral and how he's been playing this time. I'm just like, yeah, you know what? He I, has not played well enough to, to, to justify not. So it depends on how you want to let. has Dennis Jalowski played up to his level that he is capable of playing. I would say no. I based on everything I just said about the coach and the staff and the culture, I'm not going to blame that entirely on Cholosky, but yeah, no, he's definitely not playing up to it. Are you going to convince me he hasn't been one of the three best defensemen on this team? No, he absolutely has been because the rest of them are just terrible. No, I, but I understand that. Yeah, yeah. Are we sending him down to hopefully help his development, get some confidence back and get him the hell away from this mess? Yeah, I think that's what's going on here. Yeah. And I'm like you said, I'm very okay with it. It's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I'm not okay with the circumstances that led to them having to make this decision. Yeah. But given what it is, yeah, it's the right call. Same with Zadina. As soon as I saw that Zadina was never going to get a sniff in the top line or with Athanasio or Fabry, I was, we've mentioned on here, I was petitioning him to go down to Grand Rapids then. Yeah. But. I think whatever the thing with Zadina is, I think the Cholosky, I mean, depending on how much you care about Cholosky, I think that's potentially bigger news. Here's the thing with Zadina. He was always, no matter where he was deployed, going to go up and down. He's already played seven games, I believe it is. I think he's played more than that this year. No, it might be seven. Yeah, he's got three or four points. Seven games and we're not halfway into the season. By all rights, he's going to be up for more than nine games, which means he's going to burn the year of the ELC, which is what we care about most, really. Um, I think depending on where you fall, that's what you'd be paying attention to or where you fall on, on the line of burn that ELC year or slide it again, which you can do uh, with Zadina's contract because of his age when he's signed. Um, a lot of people, and I'm not sure where you fall, Evan, but I think, Brad, you have said, and I agree as well, that it would be better to burn Zadina's ELC year this year to get him signed sooner. He's very he'll be cheap. He'll be cheap. And that's the thing. He's very obviously, if he's a bloomer, he'll be a late bloomer. Um, he's not guaranteed to be. And I, I think there's a lot of very valid questions about Zadina's development. But no matter which way you cut it, he's not going to break out and just score 50 goals out of nowhere. It's going to be a little bit of a slower burn up until uh, he hits his peak, whatever it is. And so you burn his ELC year, you can get him signed sooner because his RFA contract is up sooner or his first con his ELC is up sooner. Um so it's it, we're not even at halfway of the season, halfway point of the season. He's ready to play seven games, unless he's really going to be held down for like most of the season. I think we're going to see Zadina back up again. Um, I hope not for his sake. I don't. I wasn't too upset with it. I think they got slowly better with his deployment. I think he got what one or two shifts with Bertuzzi, Larkin, uh, Bertuzzi and Larkin last game. He had one. Yeah. Uh, I remember I got so damn excited because it was a plan. It wasn't in the middle of a line change. It was a planned shift. 
before Darren Helm slotted in that spot the very next shift. Darren Helm definitely just had to go take a piss or something. Yeah, quick poop. Yeah. Uh, he did get all of the looks on the five on three, but the Detroit Red Wings apparently can't pass. Every single pass was into his skates or into traffic. I legitimately believe they have never once practiced five on three. They are so phenomenally bad. After watching that one play they had in the home opener up against Dallas, I refuse to believe they haven't practiced it because that wheel play was a thing of art. But And they haven't even attempted it since. And guess what? You can say, well, yeah, they can't run that play because Mantha was a trigger man on that. You're telling me Zadina can't take that shot? The, that that 5 on 3 was horrendous. There's five guys standing still. I don't care if Bilesma or Blashill, whoever runs that power play, they also need to be fired. Yeah. It's atrocious. I can't. And the deployment of the personnel on the power play, as usual, is stupid, which I've already commented on. I, I I don't know. I think if you put most of your talented players on a five on three, like that was like a Bertuzzi, Larkin, Zadina. Yeah, yeah, they own. should have. Yeah, they should have produced something there because they had Heronic on one side and Zadina on the other side. Someone should have been teed up for you know something. What? Bert is usually good for that, but he just straight into Zadina skates. I was like, whoa, what was that? The whole team looked off. None of them were moving until someone bobbled a pass and the Jets applied pressure, and then they had to move because you know. You have all that ice to work with, and they fired it, fire it into the only space where there are Winnipeg Jets in their sticks. Um, yeah, so Z- Zadina was going to get sent down no matter what. Again, wasn't thrilled with his deployment, but the guy produced. And you know what? As an assessment of his actual game, I think things he did better. He looked more comfortable. He wasn't gripping his stick so tight. He wasn't pulling himself out of position by doing too much. And he was genuinely working on the little things other than uh, generating space to shoot, which did slowly come. Um, though he didn't get that dreaded goal because he's cursed. I genuinely thought that 5-on-3 was was when it would happen. Yeah, and he had his looks, and there was a lot of times where he had his A1 opportunity, except the puck didn't come to him. Yep, no. Because, you know, this is what happens when you put Darren Helm as your setup, man. So Zadina got sent down, Chalowski got sent down, McElrath got sent down, but he's going to be up and down all year. Uh, Madison Batley got waived. Good, I'll never forgive him. Yeah, I mean... He has a strong game. I'm like, oh, we have something here. And then he melts down the next two games. I called the season unremarkable, and that was incredibly generous. He's been just flat out bad. Even, well, even that one game, too, just like as like a, a textbook of what Madison Bowie's season was, that game against New Jersey, which was statistically one of the worst games the defenseman's had in the NHL this season. Yeah. He still had a beautiful setup to set up Taro Hirose's goal that game. Yeah, I mean, he'll... It's, it's like, dude, like, can you just do that? Can you just not be bad? See, but an offensive defenseman, you would hope, doesn't have to pull themselves so far away from being capable defensively yeah. to do that. And that's you realize that he has to just try his hardest on offense every shift, and defense just isn't a part of his game. Oh yeah, no, he's I'm I'm don't worry, I'm over the Bowie. He's never yeah he it, can stay down there forever. He was never gonna get claimed, and so he cleared. Obviously, he'll probably make it back up as injuries require. Um, yeah, I'm not really... Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that group of players. Hiroshi also in Grand Rapids right now. They are getting everybody out of there. There are some things to be called into question here. Because they're currently running 12 forwards, 6 defensemen. And 3 goalies. And 3 goalies. Well, I don't know if Howard's on injured reserve or not. I think Howard's still on IR. Let's assume he's not. That's still two open spaces. Is there a trade coming? Is Mantha coming back sooner? Is Danny DeKaiser? I have not heard anything about Danny DeKaiser in like a month. No, Athanasiu is hurt apparently. Was he sick or was he hurt? I don't know, but they said he was only going to miss the one game in all likelihood. And how often does someone miss just one game? It, without- I, that sounds like the flu. 
It sounds like the flu. Yeah. yeah. Mika gave it to him. Oh, my God. I'd be so mad. Um, through Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Uh, it's, I don't know. Because if there is a big trade coming, it doesn't lead. It doesn't fit with everything else eiserman has been doing this year. He's not going to go out and acquire a good player now and potentially ruin the tank. Not that one player can fix this mess. No. Especially with everybody that's good that's not on the top line being in Grand Rapids right now. I don't know. I can see it. There's roster space. There's If it's going to happen, we'll find out well after this podcast is done. It's going to be midnight tonight again. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm probably going to go to bed early tonight. And, of course, I'll get a text from Ryan at 1230. Yo, check Twitter. So-and-so got traded. And I'll wake up because that's what happened with the Fabry trade. Yes. Uh, whenever I see a, just a bunch of notifications and the whole thing is just at Winged Wheel Pod, at Winged Wheel Pod, at Winged Wheel Pod, I'm like, oh, someone's tagging us in something. Uh, this is important. So yeah. looking forward to those at 1 a.m. from our European or our uh, West Coast listeners. We're going to get all amped up and it probably will just be, oh, yeah, the Kaiser's healthy. <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, well, you know what? The team misses him right now. Yeah. You Kaiser. almost forget about him. You do because he's been out for so long and he's out so often. So when he comes he's back. milking this. Oh, yeah. He's like, ooh, I don't really want ah, to Maybe just another week. Yeah. So when he comes back, do we just put him on the top pairing with Hronik and leave them on the ice for 45 minutes a game? Probably. So that way we only lose by two instead of five? Yeah. Well, four. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, we're not going to cut it in half. No. With, uh, with. If Athanasiu is not back, Larkin and Bertuzzi are now literally the only capable. Oh, sorry, the top line: Bertuzzi, Larkin, and Fabry are the only capable scorers on this team. Because what is that second line now without Zadina, without Athanasiu, without her? Like, is it legitimately Glenn Denning, Helm, and Philpola now? That is a real NHL second line that yes. might happen. Yes, I would put Perlini up there to get him a look. Not that any there's any difference between the second. No, line it's right just now. a number on a page at that point. It's there. They are quite literally going to be deploying four, four, uh, three fourth lines. Uh, it's bad. The Red Wings have Winnipeg again tomorrow night. Yay! Tickets are ten bucks. And I'd pay ten bucks to watch someone take a run at Kyle Connor here. And just drop the gloves on the opening face off. You have to. Uh, Montreal on Saturday and LA on Sunday. I'm not sure what. Time. Hey, LA. Yeah. So that'll be a toilet bowl game. Uh, we're recording late Sunday. So we'll probably have most of the results of that game, if not all of them. Yep. So here's a question that we haven't even asked yet. Yeah. The Red Wings have lost 12 games in a row. Do they break 17? 17 is the NHL record. It was set by Washington and one other team. Washington and San, San Jose. Jose. Yeah. San Jose won like, they had like 24 points that season. Oof. Rough. Hey. The- <laughs> don't don't knock them yet. Are they uh were they th- were those both of their expansion years? Yeah, I believe so. Pretty close to it, if not the actual expansion year. That's rough. That's not good. The um the Kings might might blow this record for us though. You think so? Yeah. I don't expect us to beat Winnipeg. Montreal, even when Detroit's good, always has Is it in Detroit's Montreal? Number. Uh, it doesn't matter. And it- then LA LA is the wild card, man. Man, ten straight regulation losses. Ten straight regulation losses to Detroit. And has. how are we? O- how do we only have a six-point cushion between us and second last? I feel like that should be bigger. Two games in hand. Oh my God, New Jersey's two been. I think they've lost like six or seven in a row too. Two. They've lost the last two, and they're two seven and one in their last ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Red Wings uh, have lost. 
22 games and then three more in overtime or shootout. So what are the Red Wings now? 7-20 and 3? 7-22 3. 7-22 and 3. Okay. Yeah. Now remember they won the first two games of the season. Mm-hmm. So take that away. They're 5-22 and 3 since then. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to do it. Yeah, fun fact, uh, according to some random site, I can't remember what it was, uh, the Red Wings have the hardest strength of schedule out of anyone else in the NHL this year. Yep. When you're dead last by a mile, every game is hard. Well, yeah. you know you know why everybody else's schedule is easy compared to the Red Wings? They don't have the luxury of playing the Red Wings. Yeah, exactly. Everybody else True. still gets to play the Red Wings. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. A lot this of is, doom and gloom. This is the darkest timeline. This is, guys, the only thing pushing us through right now besides you is the fact that we get the World Junior soon. We get to watch a ton of Red Wings. And Trick. Hark- eggnog. Eggnog and different Red Wings prospects and different potential Red Wings prospects. Pretty much every game will have a player that you should be invested in. And we can't yep. lose everything that way. Canada has Joe Valeno, Alexi Lafreniere, Jared McIsaac. Just kidding. There's zero chance Detroit wins the lottery. I know we're picking fourth. Yeah. In which case, look at Germany where they'll have Stoitzel and Moritz Seider will probably be the captain. Or you can look at Russia where they have Askarov. Or you can look at Sweden, uh, Bergeron and Eliasson. Drysdale might be an option at four. Yeah. There's a lot there. <laughs> I already, I am already, I'm done. I'm ready for the next season. Well, then you can start kicking off our prospect content. I have. I've already seen Quentin Byfield play with my own two eyes. Yeah, how's he been? He doesn't look like anything, but then he's got four points in the game. Worthy and they of, have four goals. Worthy of second overall? Yes. Worthy of first overall? Maybe. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm still firmly in the camp of it's Alexi Lafreniere. Me I too. I will not entertain... I understand Byfield's good. I have him as my clear-cut number two, uh, although Lucas Raymond's not as far. He would have to go list. on a world beater for the rest of the year yeah. to really entertain it. Agreed. But no, it's Alexi Lafreniere, and it's not particularly close in my mind. The dude is playing injured and has 70 points in 32 games. It's disgusting. Uh, he might be the captain of Team Canada at the World Juniors. I think Joe Valeno is, prob- is slotted in... You're he, thinking. Yeah, he'll have it. McIsaac might get a letter, too. There could be legitimately yeah. two, three Red Wing letters on Team Canada. I'm telling you, this is going to be the most exciting thing to happen to the Red Wings all year before the draft lottery. The uh, draft lottery, I'm fair warning, because we're going to live stream it again. If the Red Wings pick fourth, th- that I'm telling you right now, that will be the most viewed anything we have on YouTube, because I will flip. Oh my God. I will lose. If my we get the first overall mind. pick, I'll cover myself in honey and run through a bear sanctuary. <laughs> I need anything to stop the pain right now. This is the worst hockey team I've ever seen in my life, and that's a true statement. Uh, there's always moments in episodes where I'm like, "Oh man, this episode's going slower," but it's just hard to kickstart it right now. And there's always those moments where, like, "Oh yeah, there it is." It's always Evan bringing in. Just gonna break. Like Jimmy Howard has broken has been broken mentally, and Bernie's been broken mentally, and Comrie is on the next. He's the next one up. Comrie, and it's me. Comrie's mom called him that night. She goes, "Hey, honey, how's the game?" And he goes, "Holy shit, mom, this team sucks." <laughs> like I wanted to play in the NHL, but I didn't know it had to be like this. He's like, "My head hurts." She's like, "Why does your head hurt?" They hit me in the head with their sticks. She's like, "What did your team do?" He's like, "Nothing." It was my team. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Look, There's one guy crying in the shower with the lights off. His name's Jimmy Howard. I don't know what position he plays, but I hate to be in that spot. 
Jimmy's been broke. Like, Jimmy's had that shell shock look for a long time. And I feel bad for Bernier because Bernier's <laughs> played some decent hockey. And you can see him have this drive where he's like, yeah, I'm going to make a difference. And you just look at him like, oh, honey. <laughs> you sweet, innocent summer child. You stupid, stupid, perfect little creature. Well, at least he has a mentor to get him through this. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, Eric Comrie has walked into Detroit with the reputation as being one of the nicest human beings in the NHL. And by the end of the season, he's going to be hanging out behind the LCA in a leather jacket, hacking at darts, pushing children off their bikes. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. happy. Why should you? Oh, he's not, he's not going to be happy. That's for shoving sure. his goalie stick through their spokes. Yeah, exactly. Um, things that get us through miserable seasons like this. Alcohol. Iserman <laughs> is an active GM. We're not going to have to wait a long time between moves, and he's doing everything he can, and we can see that. He's got an inch, and he's taken a yard for the oh, most yeah. part. He is very much hamstrung with a lot of these bad contracts and unmovable pieces, and the room he gets, he makes the most of it. I want to talk to the Ken Holland apologists. Do you guys see now? Do you see? Because this is what you get. Uh, again, my counter argument, not like I was not a Holland apologist, but I wasn't as vehemently against him as everybody else. I mean, I look at Zadina and Valeno and Bergeron and McIsaac and I go, all right, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the other thing is, I really think Mike Illich, they were doing it for him to keep the playoff streak going and mortgaging the future just to be in the playoffs. Sure. sure and we're sure. definitely paying the price for that now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I. I understand all of that, and those nuanced takes aren't wrong, and I've echoed the same things in the past, especially when Holland was still GM. But where I differ is, on a whole, when you have a person whose job it is to be responsible for these things, and those things, you know, with a capital T, go wrong, you have to hold that person responsible, and he just was not accountable for years and years. It's not like he's a new GM where the owner... Getting fired would would put his future in li- in jeopardy. Oh, he got hired the next day. Next yeah, day. he can. He basically Not has a pick of any team he wants to go to. So at some point, you need to say to your owner, "Listen, I, you sign the checks, but I'm the one who optimizes this team." Oh boy. Anyway, here we are. I still maintain, like I, I still know and respect, and you know, will always champion his spot in hockey history and this franchise's history. But this iteration of this hockey team is we're paying for it. Oh, hundred percent. And this is what we've been screaming from the rooftops about since what 2015, 2016? It was when we started this podcast. Where- That's about the time it should have start. The pain should have started. Well, yeah, and and we were saying way back then, like this team's gonna have some problems, and immediately just got torn shreds and we're like all right we'll dial back the cynicism but everyone's gonna see and here we are uh cynicism elsewhere in the league jim montgomery what the hell is happening um based on everything that's been said i think we can narrow it down to drugs gambling alcohol or hookers because nothing else makes sense or like, racism or yeah. physical abuse no because no. they said it wasn't that oh really yeah they came out and said remotely. it wasn't it oh, wasn't anything related that. to what's going on right now yeah it didn't affect other teammates so it wasn't physical as uh, he didn't sleep with anybody's wife or anything like that they said it wasn't related to racial or abuse so it probably didn't have anything to do with teammates had nothing to do with staff members on the team no it was kind of like the present players it sounds like it was just him 
and whatever it was was just him, hence why I'm at drugs, alcohol, gambling, or hookers. Well, they said nothing. They went on record. They said no criminal activity occurred. I'm like, all right, no one thought there was, but now I kind of think there is. Yeah, that's kind of what. I'm like, yeah, okay. I wasn't really thinking like that, (laughs) but I guess I should have. Hey, just want you guys to know I'm not going to murder you today, just so I make that clear. Like, obviously, you're like, oh, I'm getting I'm buying a bat. Uh, So that's bizarre then. And then they they kept using the phrase a material act of... uh, what was it unprofessionalism or a material? Oh, is that lawyer speaker? Oh, what? right. And they kept repeating it. And you're like, why do you keep saying that? Why are you talking this way? What's happening? I got it. He was doing a line off of a girl on his desk while gambling. Well, gambling is illegal in Texas. You right? know what we call that? In no, the it was NH- illegal gambling. He was running it out of his office. You know what they call that in the NHL? The 70s. <laughs> <laughs> but they were like, they said nothing criminal occurred. I, I don't. I All I could dig up was did he slap the owner he shit on his desk or something i don't know yeah but they were doing well why would you do it then someone pointed yeah someone pointed out that like oh he had a a radio interview where like the radio host was like he kind of plays it fast and loose with the rules and he just like asked some like risque questions but nothing terrible i'm like this is the same team where the ceo and owner came out and called their two best players horse shit Twice. Twice. So they're not going <laughs> to... Um, Dallas, I, I think I saw something on the score. It said Dallas said it wasn't related to that news article. So I missed the in-between stuff. But yeah, that was like uh, um, I four saw, hours ago. I it saw wasn't some, due to radio interview. I saw some baseless crap about... I say baseless crap. I saw some stuff that wasn't confirmed anywhere that had something to do with like alcohol. I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time speculating, but also like if you're the Dallas Stars... I'm sorry, you can't do this and expect it to not get out. And the only reason they would want to keep it private is, well, there's a lot of reasons. One, maybe legal. They don't want to be the ones to say it. But, like, they didn't even tell the players. And not a person has leaked it yet. Yeah, this is certainly weird. We have a lot of friends in media. And I'm not going to pretend to know what it's like to be a, a beat writer or, like, a journalist or someone whose job it is to know these things. But... We just saw a story where people withheld information about Mike Babcock for years, years to keep access to the team. And I think that was pretty widely, like, it was pretty widely criticized because it was a really terrible thing to keep because A, it's genuine news where if you're a reporter, your responsibility is to deliver genuine news. And B, I mean, it exposed Mike Babcock for being a pretty terrible coach to his players or person to his players. If you're a journalist who knows what happened here, why is no one saying anything? Because some of them must know. They must know. Maybe not. This, this, If the players don't even know, this might be something that whatever happened literally got busted by the GM or the president. So if that happened there, it might literally just be the GM, the president and the owner that knows what's going on. There, there is a reality in which like five people are aware of what's happening. Super weird. So a tweet funny enough just came across my timeline. It was someone who screenshotted another tweet and the person said, from what I hear about the Montgomery firing, he merely did something that in a broader sense, many of us have done. It was not illegal, just a lapse in judgment. I'm not free to be more specific right now, but you'll see what I mean when it comes out. What does that mean? And also, that's definitely something terrible, right? <laughs> it's what? not illegal, but it's heavily frowned upon. Why are they softening that so much? What did he do? And we've all done it before. That's not good either. <laughs> that statement. Okay. The only thing that reminded me of that statement is that one meme I saw on the internet way back when, when it's like, 
While it's not illegal to call a toddler an asshole, it is frowned upon. <laughs> it's like in uh, Tropic Thunder where uh, Ben Stiller calls Matthew McConaughey. He's like, I've killed the only thing I love. He's like, killed a hooker. <laughs> he was talking about the pandas. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Jim Montgomery killed a panda. You know, I've killed the only thing I love in life. I actually know what it is. <clears throat> Sources confirmed to me that Jim Montgomery slows down, starts turning, and then puts his turn signal on. He's probably oh, one of I'm those... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know it's controversial, He's but... probably one of those people who goes straight in the lane that's obviously for people who turn right, but it's not a dedicated right turn oh, lane. Oh, God. And they just... They're the only car, and you can't get around them, and they just sit there. They could move up and let you through. No, they just sit there. Jim yeah. Montgomery merges onto the highway at 50 kilometers an hour. No. Oh, that's egregious, too. Hire him back and fire him again. <laughs> That, yeah, that's a bad... This whole episode just should have been fake things that Jim Montgomery got fired for. This will age poorly if and when this terrible thing that he did comes out and we now have to go, uh... Oh, sorry. But in the meantime, we're going to make light of it <laughs> as much as we can. What are we supposed to do? How do you not... We're Jim trying Mon- to entertain, damn it. Jim Montgomery went out to dinner with the owners and got fired for ordering his steak well done. Yeah, the owner said, it's on me. And he said, I'll get the surf and turf. He's like, no, you're going to get fired. <laughs> if he got his steak well done, uh, I'm not going to get it. Last time I gatekept, gatekept, gatekoped. Gatekeeped. Gatekeeped steak, uh, I got roasted for it. Yeah, because your steak opinions were bad. What's What was your steak opinion? You said he, he had well done steak his whole life. No, that was your opinion, sorry. No, that wasn't that was my your, opinion. Yeah, that's just how your family did it. That's how my family did your it. Your family steak opinion. And I bad. thought I didn't like steak until I had a proper rare or medium rare steak, and now I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not your fault. No. That's not your fault. That's, that's just your, your upbringing. <laughs> this is that scene from, uh, what's it called? Uh, the, the Robin Williams and um, Smart Guy. Goodwill Hunting? Yeah, Goodwill Hunting. It's not your fault. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Fault, just starts crying. Are you going to? Don't do that, Ryan. No, I, I, have, I don't think I've cried on this podcast in what, months? <laughs> Days. Has anyone Episodes. Cr- We've cried from crying. We've cried from crying. We've cried. I Jeez. think I was. I was <laughs> I, no, I was crying during the macaroni story. Oh, yeah. Like, I, there, were I was, t- there was. What was the macaroni story? When we had Steve. Oh, I you was, weren't. No. no. You weren't here. You Pick an to. episode and guess if you were there. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, uh, I want to talk about this. I usually like you know, our fans are weird and we love you and you guys are nuts. Um, and I love the way the community grows of the spinoff spoof accounts. One now tracks. <laughs> it's shaking. It's like, I saw that on Monday morning, I think. And I was just shaking my head. Evan Lobspeaker. <laughs> Evan Lobspeaker. It tracks whether or not he's at the episode and his average speaking time. <laughs> Do people not have jobs? <laughs> like, I just don't know where people find the free time with life to do these things. <laughs> this is what's going to get him to come. <laughs> oh, he's got to he's got to be. If there's anything the that affects me in the I don't, I'm not affected by Twitter. In the Se- seems like you're not. <laughs> oh, that was good. Uh, yeah. Nothing else for Jim Montgomery. Uh, more fuel for the uh, are the Red Wings about to make a trade game uh they sent three scouts to the abs versus flames game the other oh night. we're getting mckinnon yeah just probably he's coming you know what game. there could be a framework for a trade that involves athens for connor timmons plus would you do that depends what the plus is steve eisman okay here's a hypothetical because steve eisman likes his reclamation projects they're both touted as being really good but they're both still good enough to the point where they would command a premium connor timmons and tyson jost Yes, please. Yeah. 
100%. Joe's who's consistently underperformed in the NHL since he's arrived, and Connor Timmons, who missed all of last season with a concussion. Yeah. Both come with heavy risk, but high potential. Yeah. I'm more confident in Timmons finding his game than I am Jost, but that could be the framework for an Athens U trade with Colorado. Jost can't really hurt. What's he like? To- I-, I haven't been following him this season. Uh, he's he's severely underperforming. Oh, oh well, well. Uh, and I think this is what third season, so it's kind of like at the point of I don't think he might be that good, but he might be. But I wouldn't bet on it. I a- certainly wouldn't bet Athens U on it. Average shooter, decent offensive impact, decent defensive impact so far for Tyson Jones this season. Yeah, but what are his actual stats? Because Darren Helm has all those as well. Okay. But if we're going to be real, Darren Helm and Luke Lindening are often some of the best non Bertuzzi Larkin Mantha players on the ice for the Yes, Netflix. who are completely incapable of scoring goals. Of course not. Well, that's that's an optional part of the You can game. score goals? Uh, no, that's only no. in warm-ups. Yeah. Oh. Um, is someone's phone ringing? Or is that my no. – oh, that's my laptop's going nuts. Um, do we have anything else before we head over to uh, overtime? Someone dressed up as blackface at a Halloween party and waited for Akeem Alou to show up and took a picture with him Did with a custom-made Akeem Alou jersey. That was the most uncomfortable picture I've seen since that Asian couple cornered Connor McDavid at the airport. Yes. <laughs> I show that picture to everyone. <laughs> uh, well, on that, we're going to head over to overtime. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know what? I can't believe I didn't see that, but I have no interest in seeing that picture. It's exactly what you think, but probably way worse. Everyone who is mad at Kimalu saying you're making something out of nothing saw that picture and went, oh, okay, yeah, maybe this yeah, guy. I get it. He, was, he did not look amused. No. Um, yeah, the, the NHL came out with like a four-point plan on how to like combat uh, abuse um, in the NHL. And it was very quickly drowned out by the Montgomery News. So we'll, we'll chat about that next episode. Uh, but for now, we're going to head over to Overtime. It's brought to you this episode by Motor City Garages. They're a family-owned and operated uh, company servicing Metro Detroit. They do garage flooring, cabinets, overhead racks, wall storage, uh, the shuttling of players to and from Grand Rapids in Detroit, and everything to do with your vehicle. Enough of the messy garages everyone is sick of walking through. It's time to turn it into something useful. Whether you like to work on your car or if you like an organized space, we have you covered. 3D designs and a lifetime warranty. Motor City Garages Park in style. We're going to head over to Patreon, where on midweek episodes, only their comments get read out. As always, saying thank you for supporting the show. Uh, there's a healthy amount of you today, because I think everyone was pissed off last night. Uh, Hunter Saunders says, would you hypothetically trade number one overall for number two and another first? Number So, that. Would you take... A first for second... So, first for second and another first? Yes. No. Would you do it for a... F- Second overall and 10th overall? Yes. Yes. This year. But would you do it for third overall and 10th overall? No. No. I'm definitely at the the one, two, or a tier above. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. Um, and I, I think Lafreniere is, like, truly special. Like, I, I'm pretty confident we'll get, like a, like, a Dylan Holloway, who's, like, a really, really good player at 10. I think if that second pick gets past 12, I'm out. Yeah, 12 your lowest. I, around there, yeah. I'd have to look at my list to kind of see the cutoff. But, like, I, I think Lafreniere is better than Byfield plus, like, whoever you get at 16th. Uh, Kwaz says, I just want to wish you an early Merry Christmas. Bump myself up the tears for you all aboard the tank. Kwaz, thank you so much for bumping up your uh, patronage. And Merry Christmas. Uh, Arjun Shaker, <laughs> with the most likes I've seen on a comment on our overtime thread, just said, this isn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god it's someone it's funny because it's true when i posted the thread for overtime someone's like you guys still do these and we're just like i was like yeah it's kind of like weekend at bernie's at this point <laughs> well you know, t- talking about our tweet someone tweeted at me a picture of like smile pretend that you're happy and i'm like yeah that's what podcasting this season is like uh genuinely though if you want to know be- like again besides you guys it's like these milestones like world juniors and once you start to turn to the new year you get to start looking forward to the draft lottery uh you get to start getting auditions from like the ciders and the volinos that maybe we'll send erickson to the all-star game i wish we will i it'll be larkin go oh they might put bertuzzi it'll probably be him or heronic oh yeah you know what? heronic will probably definitely go well, we owe it to our goalies. If we it should send them one of them. If it wasn't for the injury, it was absolutely going to be Anthony Mantha. Now, yeah. It's also, I think our four, the fours no. in the Atlantic are probably stacked for the All-Star game. So, so Heronic's probably a better. Yeah. Or my vote for the Red Wings All-Star, that gentleman in Winnipeg last night that was watching the game with a bag over his head. You Ooh. know things are bad when Red Wings fans are embarrassed to be Red Wings fans. Yeah, I usually only see that at Ford Field. Did you see... Uh, did you see Okay, just on a complete aside, and I just want to bitch about how awful a certain fan base is. Did you see that Patriots fans were booing the team off the field? <laughs> the the ten and three New England Patriots were getting booed. No, that's why by they're... their own fans. Boston sports fans are the worst. Yeah, they're they're ungrateful. They are the worst. Uh, I hate poutine and the Lions. Says sweet baby cider on a unicycle. I wish the season to be over. Well, maybe you'll get that for Christmas. Garrett TV says, Dear Bravest Hockey Amigo Leadership, do you think having a captain would have helped us in times like this or perhaps prevent them from happening in the first place? No, I think... The less targeted criticism we can have towards our players, the better. I don't think it would have made it better. I don't think it would have made it worse. We're bad, but we also seem to clearly lack leadership and identity, and that's precisely why you name a captain. Sure, it's added pressure in a time when we suck, but it also does give <clears throat> Larkin the ability to point it out and motivate other guys and at least be a consistent voice to a shit team. We used to always look to Hank to call out poor efforts or Eiserman to provide focus and inspiration. Right now, we all just look and look around aimlessly and revert to canned letter Kenny phrases. Not only are we bad, but we also lack identity, and can't, I can't help but think but the latter is self-inflicted via the Aptons, the Aptons. Hell, we all turn to this pod in good times and in bad. Maybe you should be the captain. <laughs> Give us a C. Give Winged Wheel Pod the C. Also, thanks for sharing some of your coaching perspectives last episode. Always nice to hear everyone's range of experiences. Keep getting pucks deep. Let's go, Red Wings. Why doesn't he call people out? He wants to be the captain. If that's what a captain does in this locker room, then f- just do it. All I have is a mental image now of Dylan Larkin as the captain walking into the Red Wings dressing room like Glenn Gary Ross, but instead of pointing at his watch, he's pointing at his C. (laughs) Matt Cheney says, hey, boys, I thought I'd ask a prospect prospect question about picks one and two. So as of right now, Lafreniere has 32 games with uh, 0.76 games uh, or goals per game and 1.44 assists per game and a jaw dropping 2.19 points per game to compare Byfield has 30 games played. 0.73 uh, goals per game, 1.16 assists per game, and an incredible 1.9 points per game. Lafreniere has 13 more points with two games in hand on Byfield, but I can't help but think that if Byfield played in the Q or vice versa, if Lafreniere played in the O, their stats would look more similar. Byfield is a center, which seems harder to come by, and the Q is notoriously offensive heavy. 
uh, our offense have you, which may skew the stats in Lafreniere's favor. Is the gap really that big for Lafreniere to be the undisputed number one, or am I wrong to even compare the two leagues in the first place? Thanks for the outstanding content, as always, boys. Keep your head up, stick on the ice, and keep rocking in the Dub Dub Nation. Uh, it, it depends who you talk to, because some people have Byfield first. So uh, is he the clear-cut number one? The, an- the unfortunate answer is it depends who you talk to. In my mind, yes, Lafreniere is the clear-cut number one. Um, the Q is more offensive and Lafreniere is uh, about a year older than Byfield because he's a late birthday. Uh, Lafreniere has been playing with a, a mild ankle injury this year, which is worth noting. And quite honestly, at points, it looks like Lafreniere is almost bored in the Q. Like if he, he could probably find another gear, quite honestly, because um, he's just pulling some crap off. That's no business. But when it comes down to scouting prospects, you always have to watch your eye. And when it comes down, I, I find Byfield benefits from being so much more physically dominant than his peers. And Lafreniere just does things on the ice that other players can't do. And he sees things other players can't see. And and that's, to me, the biggest thing about projecting a guy. What can they do? What do they see? And can everybody else do the same thing? And with Lafreniere, he's the only guy in this entire draft that's capable of some of the things he's capable of. And in terms of uh, specifically like strength of league and, and, and competition, Garrett TV actually made a great point, And I was going to allude to this. The Q is uh, a lot more offensive offense heavy. And if you look at their NHL equivalent totals, they pretty much come up even in terms of their projected points. So uh, that's just about a wash where they are right now. Everett Johnson says for tonight's revisionist wrangle, I will attempt to add a positive spin to allow for an opportunity to remember the better days. Brad, you're the judge. Ryan and Evan, you guys are up. For a good amount of years, Detroit was a highly regarded destination for free agents, some of it, some of which would be Hall of Famers who wanted an opportunity to play for a historic team and win a championship. Who is your favorite player who's ever signed with Detroit as a free agent? Brad, agree with one, either one of Ryan or Evan. That will determine the winner of this round. Ooh, I'm going first. Do you have one, Evan? Your favorite player who's ever signed with Detroit? Um, no. Uh... Mine, I think, is an easy answer, and I'm not going to go too far back. I'm going to go uh, to the version of the Red Wings that won in 08. I'm going to go with Brian Rafalski, one of the more unheralded uh, defensemen in the league and uh, components of that dominant team from, like, what was it, 06 to 2010 uh, or whenever. When did Rafalski leave, actually? Um, regardless, he was absolutely pivotal in that or in the 2008 Cup. And then in 2009, um, you know, he missed games and what was it? He missed the first three games of what series was it? The third round or the second round? And it was a huge, huge difference. Um, There has never been a better defenseman or there wasn't a better defenseman to play with Lidstrom in that era. Uh, He was part of that core that put Detroit over the hill and he was part of what made them dominant outside of their superstars, which they had. Brian Rafalski is one of the more underappreciated players of that whole Four, four or five year period and one of the easiest free agent signings that the Red Wings ever made um, actually the first one that came to mind before I started looking up some of the people was Dominic Hasek fuck <laughs> the other one I thought of was Brett Hall <laughs> um, okay I would actually I would I would argue over Falski over Hall for sure yeah that team was already stacked yeah and Hall was third line he was at the he was playing at the, with Boyd Devereaux and Pavel Dancy. and a rookie. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do I even begin to say? How can I argue 
for Dominic Hasek. His resume speaks for itself. He's one of the best goalies of all time, and if you're able to sign him as a free agent without having to give up any assets, that's disgusting. Brad? You both make compelling points, but I'm going to pick Ryan because Evan didn't pick Steve Ott. <laughs> Was he a trader or a free agent? I don't uh, care. You didn't pick I, him. I didn't, you know what? I didn't want to say Steve Ott because I wasn't sure if he was traded. And I didn't want to look like a homer. He was a free agent. Um, Joe Koser was also a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. No, Lang came over in a trade. Yep. Yep. That's Ever- why. That's how Mike Green ended up in Washington. Evan Beckner says, well, guys, it finally happened. I'm ready for Blash to get the boot. I've always uh, been a huge proponent for him and his coaching style, but watching Zadina bust his ass and barely get a sniff at quality minutes has tipped the scales out of favor. I know it's difficult for the team to stay positive amidst a thousand game losing streak, but they're so mentally out of the game as soon as they face any adversity that there's no way anyone on the roster is developing positive habits. There needs to be a fresh voice behind the bench and not just Disco Dan or Ben Simon. On a positive note, this season has helped me branch out and learn how to make multiple cocktails. <laughs> My current go-to is an Irish coffee. Three ounces of Irish whiskey. I use Bushmills, affordable and delicious. One ounce simple syrup and eight to ten ounces of your favorite coffee. I love Irish coffee. Oh, yeah. So good. Mix and serve in a tall mug with whipped cream on top. Perfect as a dessert cocktail or late night boost for a depressing central time zone hockey game. We also signed Luke Robitaille as a free agent. Yeah, another guy towards the tail end of his career. Chris Smith says we're five games away from tying the longest losing streak in history. LA better not mess this up. But what if we can make that record unbeatable? What if to pay for our 25 year playoff streak, we lose 25 games in a row? Which one of those is more impressive in your eyes? Oh, if we lose 25, that is that's historic. That's historic. Other teams have had playoff streaks longer than 25 years. Nobody has lost 25 in a row. Um. Since the season is a joke, can we all agree to vote for something fun for our all-star player? I had some ideas. We could either vote for Zadina or any of our reclamation players so we can see what they look like with not Helm, Glendening, Abdulkader as line mates. 4D-level scouting. Or we can vote in one of our many guy players. Imagine a line of Eichel, Pasta, and Adam freaking Ernie. <laughs> I don't know how you guys still can still create content from this monotony. Every game still feels like the same 5-1 loss as the previous game, but each episode keeps me entertained and helps me get through the sleepless nights with my seven-week-old son. Hey, congratulations, Chris. Um, similar age to Brad's. You probably told us that. Uh, so thanks for doing what you do. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, Michael Barry says, "Hey guys, two parter. First, what are the percentage that? What's the percentage that the Red Wings break the all-time losing streak? Fifty percent, forty. I was gonna say forty. I'll go forty-five just to break it in half. Well, let's look. The only one I'm worried about is LA right now. Um." What else have we got? Okay. Someone look up New Jersey's schedule just because I want some breathing room here. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, secondly, the on a positive note, the which teams should we be most interested in watching at the World Juniors? His order is Canada because of Valeno McIsaac, Byfield and Frenier, Germany because of Sider, Sweden because of Elias and Berggren, Raymond and Holtz, um, U.S. because of Master Simone, Finland because of Kevin Mackey, Russia um, for Askarov, and seven the rest of the countries. If okay, so looking at our schedule. We have LA at home on a back to, our back to back on Sunday. That's the break. That's the coin flip game. If we lose that one, then we have to play Columbus, Toronto, Arizona. Ooh, Columbus could be could be a break or two. But yeah, if we get if we get to Toronto and Arizona, what's the game that would set it? Uh one, two, three, four. F- Toronto ties, Arizona would 
Ooh, if we can get to Toronto, we're going to do We'd this. We'd be at home, too, against Arizona. So, you know, the fans could see something historic in the, the uh, whatever our stupid arena is called. The pizza arena. <laughs> pizza arena. Joseph Craig says, can this just not end now? I just want to watch something fun. This is not fun. Yeah, we haven't had fun for a while. William Schlensky says, uh, good evening, Dud Duds. Let's play a quick game, shall we? Ryan, you get Lafreniere. Evan, you get Byfield. And the cop gets any other player of their choosing to draft. With the idea that Zadina is ready full-time next season, as well as our top draft pick, what uh, is each of your ideal top nine line combos to start an opening night? All So I, I have to pick a prospect out of this draft to put in there? Yes. Okay. All of our RFAs are at your discretion. And the trade was one for one. So t- I, ha- I have I get to add one prospect not in the draft, and I can use prospects currently in the system. Yes. Okay. You guys go first because it'll be a little Sorry, easier for you. What was the question? I you get Byfield, I get Lafreniere, Brad gets whatever other prospect, um, and we have to make our top nine, and we have to use Zadina, and we have to use a prospect. So you, we got to use the draft prospect, another Red Wings prospect, not named Zadina, and Zadina. Yeah. So we have those are our three rules. Yes. Okay. Bertuzzi, Larkin, Mantha, um, Lafreniere, Athanasio, Zadina. Done. <laughs> Don't you have to build a third line now here, Scooter? Oh, he said top nine. Uh, and you need, and you still got to use another Red Wings prospect. Was that part of the rules? Because uh, I just asked, and you said yes. Oh, I said yes to whatever you said. No. No? Okay. No. You still got to build a third line you there, do I don't care. Fucking anyone. Heronic, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Heronic <laughs> play center now. Uh, our third line will be... Um, first line will stay the same, so we'll just skip that. Did um, you even use Fabry? No. <laughs> second line will be... Valeno, Fabry, and Athanasiu. You wouldn't use Byfield second line? You'd use him No, line? we're going to yeah. shelter him in the first year because this team's garbage. Okay. Um, and then Byfield, Svechnikov, Hiroshi. Uh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. So I think I'm going to go three for three here. Top line, Bertuzzi, Larkin, Mantha. Because uh-huh. obvious reasons. going to go a little off the board here with the second line. I'm going to say Athanasiu, Philpla, Fabry because it was working. Uh-huh. My third line, I'm going to go... I'm going to put oh, Askarov at left wing. I knew yeah. it. All right, moving on. Or we'll put Hiroshi at left wing. Okay. He's gone to the school. I'm, I'm actually Bernie he, scoring. Here's where this team sucks because I'm really struggling to find a center because I don't think, since I have to use a draft prospect, I, they'd put Valeno there. So I'm going to go Hiroshi, uh, pick, insert, shitty veteran here. Maybe if we're lucky, Rasmussen has a good camp. And our right wing, it's going to be Lucas Raymond. Rowan says, good day, dud duds. Please stop the ride. I'd like to get off. It's truly hard to fathom that there's still 50. Yes, that's right. 50 games to go this season. Oh, no. That's approximately four months more of whatever the heck this is. We can still have 50 games. It feels like we've played 50. (laughs) I have an idea for future games. We dress 10 defensemen. Hear me out. We just set them out in groups of four with one forward and just bore the other team to death. Then, boom, first line goes out and does things. Now, I know what you're thinking. Our defensemen are heaps bad, but this and this may not work, but let's at least try it. I unironically want that to happen because what harm could it do? I'm going to try something different. One forward, three defensemen, two goalies. <laughs> Again, Mel had the same suggestion. You can't do that. <laughs> uh, and then her follow-up was, well, just put a goalie in regular player equipment. <laughs> Um, also, why doesn't Bla- Blash Firehill 
put the uh, goalie on the five on three and go just pull the goalie on the five on three and just go full six on three. That totally would have worked. And if not, whatever, at least it's fun. Also let the Red Wings know I'm available to be hired as a new coach. Getting a U.S. working visa from Australia is actually quite easy as we never fill our quota. Jersey time is postponed this week. I did this on Twitter, but since you've both blocked me, you didn't get to play along. Tell me somewhere. Uh, did you block him? No. He always says that. Tell me somewhere cool you've traveled or visited. If any of you say Florida, you're all canceled. I've been to Florida. It's cool. Evans canceled. <laughs> uh, Southeast Asia. I've only ever really went four places in my whole life. Uh, I super enjoyed the Mine Riviera in Mexico. Kitchener, Waterloo, uh, Cambridge, and the Mine Riviera. Yeah, those four the, places. the no, bright I've, lights of KW. I've also been to California, Vegas, and New York City. Um, favorite place I've been is Scotland, but Vegas is my favorite city on the face of this earth. But that's not same yep. with Montgomery's. Apparently, <laughs> Dylan Krill said, "Hold on." <laughs> <laughs> Jim Montgomery got fired for doubling down on a dealer 10. <laughs> That's the best one. <laughs> Dylan Krill says, Hey guys, out of all your favorite, out of all of our prospects besides Zadina, Valeno and Sider, who is your favorite and who has surprised you the most minor master Simone and Chuchiev. Okay. Sorry. Well, what? All the prospects aside from Zadina, Valeno and Sider, who's your favorite? Um, I'm going to second. I've been super surprised and impressed with Master Simone this year. I like we were high on him coming out of the draft, but yeah, he's I didn't think he would make the even get an invite to the USA's World Junior Camp. He I mean, he got he's there ahead of Matthew Boldy who was picked 12th overall. Um, outside of him, I'm going to say if not Master Simone, like Master Simone. Jared McIsaac. Yeah. That was oh, mine. Shit. God. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm still waiting for that Svechnikov moment. Uh, well. It's not there for me. I, I, I know I'm, I'm always been a low on the guy. Yeah, that's because you're emo. Yeah. Well, you know what? I just realized at this moment that I didn't change it up to work. That's all right. Neither did I. Neither did I. Anyways, uh, yeah, <laughs> my first answer is Master Master Simone because he feels like that real guy that the Red Wings got like around later than he should have been available, um, and he's been impressive at every step of the way. Uh, if not McIsaac, the only thing that's really hindered McIsaac's development is that year-long shoulder injury that he played through stupidly, but before that, he looked like a huge, huge potential stud for the Red Wings, so um, definitely him. Honorable mention to Alec Regula. And Chris Terry. Mika's sensing that we're uh, running past an hour. She's so rolling she, the dice. She's right literally now. rolling Montgomery. dice upstairs. Uh, Matt Blocker says, hey, dead duds, let's look at the bright side. I'm pretty sure that the N from Zadina goal will never happen again, or at the very least, it has the same odds as winning the lottery. Two weeks ago, I think the Wings were on pace for negative 142 goals against. Now they're on pace for, drum roll please, negative 159. So once again, we are over. Oh, my God. <laughs> or under 159.5. Over or under? It has to be under. There's no humanly possible way like Isn't under it? as in closer to zero yeah yeah uh yeah it can't keep getting worse what's the what that san jose team has to have the the 92 san jose sharks have to have the worst goal differential of all time it must be um vincent saladino says hello boys i was just wondering if Blashill's fired do you think bilesman would be a good fit for the team i sure. personally don't Sure, whatever. I, I don't care if Evan coaches the team next year or right now. As it's anybody but Blashill. 
That's uh, where the I'm memes at. per sixty would way down, oh but God, Mika, jeez. Uh, also, do you guys know what his coaching style is like? He won the Jack Adams in 2011 and got a cut back in 09. Yeah, we're aware. He's uh, more of an offensive <clears throat> coach, which I'm here for. So he has a decent track record, even if he doesn't really fit the team. It's not like he can get much worse, anyways. Keep up the good work. That's boys. probably the best argument for not keeping Blashill. It can't possibly be worse. Haroon Khan says, "Hey guys, this is so painful." Joseph Fournier says, remember, got to stay fresh. Cheese bags. Stay fresh. Keep it cool. Breathe in, breathe out, relax, and fire Blasio. I won't say much about that Winnipeg game aside from their wet tissue thin fragility other than I than that I agree. Not having a captain is hurting the identity and direction of this team, much at poor Comrie's expense Tuesday night. That pan shot of the bench after the fifth goal said it all. We're at the point where the status quo is hurting. The development of current players. Blasio's line blender is random, frantic, and desperate. There's no method to the madness, and that's frightening. Buckle up. It's going to get even worse from here. Back to phase two of the Athanasio one-for-one trade game. You're hold on, the- hold on. Before we get there, how many times have us or someone in the comments said it can't possibly get worse and it's gotten worse? We've said it at least three times this year. Oh, it's rock bottomer. Rock bottomer. Uh, the second one. <laughs> The Sundering. Back to phase two of the <laughs> Athens CU one-for-one trade game. You're the GM of each player below. Do you trade your player one-for-one for, one for Athens CU? Andre Kasha. No. Uh, would I trade Andre? It, so if I'm, you're the GM of Kasha. Oh, yeah. I'd absolutely trade him for Athens CU. You would want Athens CU over him? Yes. Elias Lindholm. No. No. What is possibly? they Like, she must just be throwing dice. Yeah, probably. We are out of here literally next week. Nice. Uh, Noah Hannafin. I would rather... Ooh, that one's tough. I'm going to say Athens you. I'm going to say, yeah, you would make that trade if you're the GM of... Uh, Calgary. Yep. Yeah. Rasmus Dillian, God, no. No chance. Sean and Monahan. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait no wait, chance. Wait, you wouldn't take Rasmus Dillian? No, if you're the GM of Dillian. We're, we're trading oh, with Detroit. You see, are Jason the Botterill. The of what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, no. Uh, Sean Monahan. No. Jacob Slavin. No. Kirby Doc. No. Alex Debrinkit. No. no. Kale McCarr. No. Pierre-Luc Dubois. No. Ru- Are you even trying? Rupe Hintz. No. Miro Heiskanen. No. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. No. Uh, no. Maybe. Matt Dumba. No. No. Jesperi Jesp- Kot Kinyemi. No. You don't uh, if you're Montreal. They're really yeah. high on him. That one's close, but still no. <laughs> Colton Pareko. No. William Nylander. No. Bo Horvat. No. Quinn Hughes. No. Wild Bill William Carlson. No. Yeah, those are all easy. Uh, on to prospect talk, you mentioned here that Lafreniere's NHL equivalent is Crosby. Do you still believe that? Can, who said that? Did you? I said he's late, Crosby. Do you still believe that? Can you quickly compare slash contrast them? If he's not, then who is? Um, so Lafreniere's like Crosby light in the sense of the style of game he plays. Crosby doesn't blow you away with speed or with the hardest shot or with the craziest hands, but he's just so smart and so damn good at everything. Without being flashy, that's Lafreniere. That that's the comparison I'm making. Lafreniere is not as good as Sidney Crosby, but he's in the same mold as Crosby. And the fact they both played for Muski doesn't hurt. Byfields plays a lot like the game, like Malkin does. Again, not as good as Malkin. I'm not projecting him to be that good, but those are my comparisons there. Stay fresh, cheese bags of Fournier Company, and provider of chills and vibes during this current Dead Wings era. Despair for Lafreniere. Yield for Byfield. Fire sale for Drysdale. Play ugly for Stoitzel. Stutzley. I don't know. I'm probably saying his name wrong. Moltz for Holtz. Ready for Perfetti. Aghast and Ball for Askarov. Layman, Chaston for Raymond Mason. 
Anyways, Philip Gastino says, all right, boys, I got to set the stage for this one. Sorry for the long post ahead of time. I worked my ass off to lose 90 pounds and get somewhat in shape. I moved states for a life-changing job offer with my girlfriend and then proceeded to join a beer league. I just got over having the flu and now it's time for my third game. My girlfriend offers to come and support me because she knows how hard I've worked for this. The game starts dim. They have four players who are way too good for our league. Instead of passing it to the newer players on their team, they prefer to skate through three of us and try to deke the goalie, who is probably in his 60s. I didn't have much energy as I'm partly still recovering from the flu. After the first, we're down 6-1. We score two in the second to get it to 6-3. With five minutes left, we score three times, including one shorty to tie the game with 20 seconds left. Had two assists up to this point. Uh, the third period ends and it's 6-6, time for the shootout. We shot first. First two skaters didn't score. Same with theirs. Our captain points at me and tells me I'm up. I was like... But we worked so hard to make a comeback. Don't let me ruin this. He told me that it doesn't matter and it's all about having fun. Well, Ferk. I made a plan to skate straight down the left side since I shoot righty, keep my stick at the center of the ice, try to fake the backhand, just shoot high in my forehand. I start skating down with the puck. I'm so new that when I shoot, my head is still down, so I can't even see the shot. But uh, when that doesn't matter because everyone else saw me apparently go top shelf. What an adrenaline rush. I lay down at midnight and didn't fall asleep until after 3 a.m. <laughs> What is one memory of an adrenaline rush you will never forget? Brad, I am limiting you at 15 seconds for yours. Okay, I'll just go with the one I have this year. Uh, breakaway backhand shell for my first goal in semi-pro hockey this year. I uh, don't know. Uh, an adrenaline rush in general? Yeah. Uh, the other day I was driving to work and I hit every green light. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, with that last one, the heart's really racing. You're just like, don't mess. This I will up hit for me. anyone to make that green light. Dude, a couple it's not of on them. the way to work. It's on the way home where it matters. A I don't want to get to work faster. Yeah, as if anyone's gonna hit every green light on the way home from work. No, I'm trying not up. to kill people. Yeah. Oh, uh, rumor or um, breaking from Elliot Friedman. Hearing coaching change is coming in San Jose. Only hockey related, nothing else. <laughs> Let's bring Peter DeBoer to Detroit. Would you do that? Yes. Sure. Did you hear my <laughs> speech about anybody but Blashill? No, not really. Oh, with that, we're going to end this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast. Ugh, we're almost through this, guys. We're almost at the No, holidays. we're not. There's 50 games left. If anything, we're under the hump. We're not over. We're under. Ryan, what is this podcast going to be in March? <laughs> it's going to be us ugly crying into the mic we've for played, an hour and a half. We've played 32 games. That's it. <laughs> That's barely a we third. We have to do that many again, plus 18. Well, it hasn't even been two months of the season. <laughs> we'd like to thank all of our name level sponsors. I hate Poutine and the Lions. Scott Martin, who's a brand new name level sponsor. Thank you. Luke Johnson, Mitchell Shinkowski, Arjun Shanker, Clayton Van Dyken, Mike Reed, Aaron Taylor, Langabeer, Matthew M. Rice, Aaron Taylor, welcome to the Dub Dub family. Uh, Kayla Thompson, Ryan Lewis, Sean Levine, Matt McKay, Hannah Lee, Kaylin Wood, Jacob Turner, Charlie Elkins, John Evans, Rob Thiel, Craig Kibble, Stan Olson, and Ryan Lewis. And Danny Jr., new name level sponsor, welcome. K-Waz, thank you for leveling up. And Simon Anderson, of course. I'm going to talk these guys down from the ledge. We'll see you guys in the weekend. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.